Hello and welcome to Sobertown and welcome to the Sobertown podcast. I want to start off by saying if you haven't checked out Sobertown.com, please go and do that. It's got loads and loads of resources on it. We've got podcasts, stories, education and motivation, blogs, links, photos. It's basically a big one-stop shop for sobriety. And uh, while I'm at it, I'll also give a shout out to the I Am Sober app, which is where we met. And most of the people who, who have done these podcasts, have we've all got in touch on the I Am Sober app, which is really, really beneficial and a great tool for sobriety. So my name is I Must, and I'm here today interviewing Melancholy Cat. Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, bit tired. Just got home from Paris um, this Saturday from um, a study trip. So still a bit exhausted. We, we drove by bus, but getting what, back. What country are you coming to us from? I'm from Denmark. Okay, so lots of traveling from you. Yeah, it took 18 hours. Yeah, well, good for you. So um, where do you want to start? Yeah. Um, start with the, the basic facts. Uh, I'm 30 years old from Denmark. Um, married, no kids, but um, two cats. <laughs> um, my, my fur babies. Um, I work as a high school teacher and as such I was in Paris. Um, and yeah, I'm two months sober this time. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, so it's still relatively early, um, I guess. I listened to some of the other interviews with, you know, what I would call uh, veterans. But um, yeah, I guess perhaps I would say some things differently in a year from now. But I also thought it could be interesting to to do this while still being relatively new. And every point along the journey is helpful for everyone, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not out of the woods yet, but um, I think I'm. I think I'm, I'm getting there. Good. So, what brought you to the I Am Sober app? What got you here? Well, the, the realization that my drinking has gotten out of control and that I needed, I needed help. I definitely needed help, and um, yeah, just got to, to the point where I, I realized that this this had to stop. Um, in the beginning of January um, 2021, I had a, a hundred days break because then I thought that if I take a break from drinking, then I could go back to moderation and have a normal relationship with alcohol. So the, the first hundred days of this year, I, I didn't drink anything at all. And that was, wasn't very hard actually, but, you know, it wasn't very hard because I knew that I, I, I will be able to drink again soon. And it was just a break. So, um, yeah, <laughs> obviously I, I couldn't moderate it. It just got worse than ever. Um, and I totally derailed, you know, from, I guess it would have been mid-April. Mid um, and I drank more, more than ever. That's that month. Um, and then at the end of, of May, I finally realized this this had to stop for good. Um, and I was looking for some some counter app, um, you know, just to um, hold myself accountable and, and have this this timer. And you know, most apps I, I deleted because I didn't like the design, as they were ugly and I didn't want to look. <laughs> Yeah, they they didn't look like I, I wanted them to design-wise. So then I stumbled uh, uh, across this uh, I Am Sober app and I discovered it had a community. And I started posting there and got more and more involved. Um, and it has been so, so helpful. Um, you know, quickly I began to, to post stories and comment on other people's stories, connecting with people. And it's just wonderful. I, that's, I also wanted to state this on, on this episode that I, I just love this community. I have met so many wonderful people and, and I have, you know, connected with um, 
with some people outside the app as well, um, talking a lot to a few uh, on, on WhatsApp. And it's just a turn into genuine, wonderful friendships. I think when when we meet this way, because we, we share so much pain and, and we share, you know. Honesty. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I owe so much of my sobriety to, um, to the community and, and these wonderful, lovely people Me too. I have met. So when when did you start drinking? Where, where do you want to go back to? Um, yeah, I have made some notes. Maybe just start with the beginning, I guess. I, I, I had a fine childhood, I guess. I'm, I'm still working on it. Um, I'm still early in my sobriety and, you know, finding out why I began to drink. But I, I didn't have a particularly bad childhood. Um, although there were some things that, you know, I'm starting to realizing now. My mom and dad split up when I was about four years old. And there was some, some violence. My, my dad would, would beat up my, my, my mother, but um, it's not something we have ever talked about. Um, it was just sort of su suppressed and I, I still saw my dad during, during the weekends. Um, and yeah, I, I, had a, I had a fun childhood. I, uh, alcohol was definitely, prison but I wouldn't call any of my my parents heavy drinkers as such um, when I lived alone with, with my mother um, she never drank while I was there and when I visited my dad during those weekends he, he never drank either so um, I wasn't raised in a you know super alcoholic environment uh, as such um, and then my mom met a new man when I was about 11 or 12 years old, I think. And we moved, um, we moved to, to live with him and, you know, good, good surroundings. Um, but I was always, as, as a child, I was always this nervous child, very introverted, um, worried a lot about everything, mostly played on my own. I, I think that, you know, it, it was the 80s, so there wasn't as much focus on di diagnosis uh, as there is today. So maybe today, you know, psychologists would have given me some sort of ADD or Asperger's. Mm -hmm. um, what's that called? Diagnosis? Um, diagnosis, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I, I managed on my own as this, you know, uh, shy, introverted um kid um, and there were some some things that I'm starting to realizing now about the you know this this being a boy and you know boys don't cry that that was you know the mantra from me um, and especially from from my, my mother I, I think I I was sad and buried a lot of the time when I was a kid but I, I was never really allowed to be sad and you know nobody ever talked to me about it um it was just you know put yourself together you don't have anything to be sad about um that was the way things was was handled with me um and i don't know why i mean that, that's you know I, I, during this this process of of becoming sober, I have been you know sort of angry with my parents and why did they do that to, to a little boy? But I, I guess they they all did, did their best and all in all, as I said, I, I had a fine childhood, but there were definitely some issues there. I mean, about not you know being allowed to embrace feelings or to express feelings. Um, but I guess that's that's what they learn from home. I mean, and mm. I, I never got super close with with my dad. You know, he's a sort of you know, closed, introverted man himself. And I was, you know, in my twenties when we first even gave each other a hug. Um, yeah. And I also think, you know, when I look at my, you know, the relationship between my mother and and her mother, it's also this, you know. You know, strained uh, feelings are not something you, you talk about or 
expressed to to one another. But yeah, I, I, I pushed through school. I didn't have, you know, super many friends. Um, some sort of bullying did, did go on, but I was okay, you know, mostly with, with you know, being this, this, this loner, a bit of a nerd, I guess. Um, so when I, I got to that age of, you know, when, you know, know teenage age where you know you start to drink and you start to go out party I, I, I didn't have that many friends so when my peers began to, to party and go out I was never really a part of that so I wasn't really a, a, a drunk teenager um, this you know style of you know just being on my own mostly um, continued throughout my, my early my early teens um, I think we need to go to you know early high school years. You know after I left left the you know the you know, then I have to go to to school for uh, nine years and then you have to choose what to do. And I I went to um, we call it a gymnasium in in, in Danish and I think it's you know a bit like pre- university, isn't it? No pre pre A levels. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. No pre-university had had the high school, I think, up yeah. up a secondary school. Like, so yeah. yeah. So yeah, there maybe in, in, in high school, um, this this lifestyle of mine um continued. But I, I would slowly begin to to get a, a, a circle of friends and sometimes we would, you know, go go out and, and partying and you know, have you know, arrange our own parties, you know, sit. In, in our rooms, drinking wine, whiskey, and beer, but it it it, it was it was never weekly or anything. But I, I do remember now that you know when when we had these this, these sessions, I couldn't stop. Um, I would always get more drunk than anyone else. So I guess already there. Um, you know, in retrospect, some something was was wrong there. Um, so looking back on it, or maybe I'm I'm overanalyzing. You know, <laughs> uh, my, I think I think not having a, yeah having no stop button is quite common with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was, you know, sort sort of good, um, mostly later. You know, quite quiet life a little circle of friends but I do I did also start you know dealing with depressions and and periods of you know and anxiety in in these years um and I, I got into this sort of weird friendship with with this guy who really really bullied me it's I don't even know what happened but you know it was it was a very bad friendship, um, and you know, it was this type of guy who, you know, would send me death threats uh, if I didn't do what he said. You know, um, so I was, and, and I couldn't get out of it. I was, I was scared shitless of, of this guy, and but I, I kept hanging out with him for some reason. So. That also accelerated my anxiety and, and and depression periods and and my mother also had an what's they called an aneurysm um, during this this period so it it, uh, it also made a, a big impact on me and again you know it was something that was just you know we don't talk about it but I was never allowed to to handle these these traumas. Um, in any kind of way. Um, so in early high school, these these things, depression and, and all this shit with, with this dude and, and my mother also began to uh, I began to, to self-harm. Um, so while I on, on one side I was doing okay, I had a circle of friends and I did relatively well in school. I also had this, you know, I was you know, a lot, a lonely and 
I was self-harming and I, and I, I was hiding all of this. So um, I had this facade on and then this, this dark side, I guess, when, when I was on my own. Um, and when this, you know, uh, behavior of, of my parents that, that when I when I tried to to open up um, about it, it was still this, you know, you have nothing to be sad about. Um, and slowly, also now now I was older, you know, alcohol be began to be more more present. Um, my mother and and her husband began to to drink more, especially during the weekends. And and you know sometimes I would join them. Mm. And and once I was you know 17, 18, they also you know sort of when, when I can't, came to them and when I tried to open up, you know the the solution to to problems was have a beer, have a drink with us, it'll be fine. Um. I remember my first heartbreak, you know, really, really terrible. The first heartbreak is always, you know, <laughs> you think you will never survive it. But, you know, that, that, and, I remember and, that. And, 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 and the solution to that was, hey, have a beer, you know, forget about her. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, alcohol slowly began to, it's, you know, it's slowly, I, I learned, you know, that you handle things by drinking. And I saw my parents do the same, all those things with, with my mom getting ill. And every time uh, my mother and her husband would have any kind of, of trouble, you know, the solution was to get smashed. Um, mm -hmm. And I sort of learned that. And I also, you know, because when, when you have a few beers, you know, it's easier to, to shake things off. So that's, I learned to handle things that way. I was never allowed to be sad. I was never allowed to, to feel or express emotions. Um, I even remember, you know, when, when I really started to get depressed in early high school, I was always almost being, being scolded or told off, you know, now then get your ass to the doctor kind of way. Um, so yeah, I, I, alcohol became my 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 medicine. Um, Your emotional plaster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I I I got through through high school and and I was doing okay, especially the last year of, of high school. I was I was doing really fine. My depression and and, and anxiety got under control. Um, I got into my first serious relationship. Uh, with a girl from from Portugal, um, and I had a part time job. But alcohol was would, would slowly began to creep in more and more. I was would you know seek more and more occasions with my friends to have an excuse to drink. And when we would be drinking, I would would always you know drink drink more um, than anyone else in our group. I was I would always be the drunkest one. Um, and after high school, I, I took a year off, um, you know, a, a gap year um, before uni. Um, and I was supposed to, to get a full-time job. And uh, I worked at this um, petrol station, gas station, um, as a sales assistant. And I just couldn't handle it. Um, so that, that stressful period, I handled it with alcohol. Mm. Um, and that long distance relationship also took a strain on me, um, you know, me being in Denmark or being in Portugal. So I, I handled that by, by drinking. Um, so I, I guess my, my, my drinking career started at, at that point, being about 20, 21, 22. Mm. And then I moved from home uh, to a different part of the country to... Um, to study at the uh, university um and that that i still had had my my small you know circle of of bodies that i wasn't really a, a part of that you know university you know drinking culture having having lots of lots of mates um, i had some friends i had some some small circle but you know i would i would be living on my own and 
and I, I think this is where things really began to to slip. Um, I had a new relationship at, at this point, and when that ended, um, I would get, get home from uni and I would be, you know, home alone, living on my own for the first time ever. And drinking became a habit here. Um, I would drink beers, you know, on my own every day. Um, you know, to the classic story starters, you know, one or two free beers to wind down and yeah. But I thought it was fine, you know. Uh, I, I guess now look, looking back on it, it's it, it really started here because you're, you're not supposed to, it, it's not good for anyone to, you know, drink free beers every day, you know, mm -hmm. uh, on my own. But, you know, I, I feel good about it. And I guess all these, you know, traumas I, I talked about and maybe also some, some loneliness and some social awkwardness. I, I, I shook it off by drinking. Drinking made me feel a lot better. Mm. Um, and I also still had, you know, periods of, of you know, bad anxiety and bad depression. This, it has been on, ongoing, an ongoing issue with me for, for years and years, you know, I, I've had good periods, but also have you no know, very hard periods struggling with it. So, and alcohol also became sort of a a medicine for that, I guess. Um, so yeah, the, the the university years went on, and my drinking increased, and I think especially in the summer of. Um, 2007, uh, I had moved to a new, you know, apartment complex for, for students, mm. and I, I got a drinking buddy there, and we both had some had had some troubles there. Um, I was going for a bad breakup, and this friend of mine were also be having some issues, and and we would drink a lot that summer. Um, so for once, I didn't drink on my own. Uh, I had a I had a drinking budget there, but you know, when, when that, crime. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. But you know, the, the difference between me and him was that when, once that summer was over, you know, he, he got himself together and, you know, stopped drinking every day and, you know, I, I moved on. Um, alcohol had definitely become a huge part of my daily life here. And I also, I also remember, you know, taking a week break um, mm. that that summer in in 07, thinking that this is not good. Uh, it has been too much this summer, but yeah, mm. I moved on for uni. I, I, I did relatively well, but you know, I would be drinking on my own um, every day. And then in 2009, I, I met my wife. Um, and we quickly moved in together. Um, she was never, she's never been a big drinker or, or anything at all. But, you know, and my relationship with alcohol continued to evolve in this, um, in this period, you know, this, this, I would, I would you know, it, it didn't stop me from drinking every day that I now had um, a serious partner. So, um, I wish it had, but you know that meeting her was the best thing that that could ever happen to me because it it did you know stop me from going completely off the rails in yeah. these years, I guess. And I had a, a loving you know family of in laws, you know, totally different from my own, you know, a family where you would be allowed to feel and allowed to express emotions. So, you know, it has definitely been good for me to to also have this 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 kind of family relation but yeah but yeah but I, I was still slowly begin to 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 drink more and more that you know the, the wine which which I you know called uh, alcohol would, would creep in more and more and um 
the subjects I studied at uni, you, you wouldn't have ma that many lessons, you know, um, study mm. history and Danish literature. And, you know, it would be, you know, I would have to go to uni two or three times a week for just a, a few hours. And the rest of the time would be, you know, study, study on your own. So I didn't really have, you know, a daily, a daily routine of, of mm. getting up early in the morning and coming home late, you know, so I would have so much time to drink and so, so yeah. would, you, would you drink during the day and would you... no I would always no not not at this point not at this point I would I would start you know late afternoon or early afternoon yeah yeah and in the weekends you know I would drink a lot and even though my wife wouldn't be having anything I would just be sitting there drinking more and more but she never, she, she at, at this point, she, she didn't say, say anything about it. But, you know, I, I guess she was always a bit worried um, already then. But, you know, yeah, things just went on. And when I wrote my master thesis and I didn't have to go to university to, to lectures anymore, that, that was when, you know, things really, really began to get bad. I think it will be around 11, 2010, 11 here. Um, I had a lot of periods uh, of stress and, and depression here as well. And, you know, I I, I didn't hand in my, my master's uh, on time. And in, in this period, I was sometimes drinking in the morning you know, get up, you know, have a few shots to to get myself ready to to ride on that that damn thing. Um, but yeah, um, and my wife and I also went some some kind of a trouble periods uh, around this time, uh, about her job situation and, and and her educational situation and her her relationship with with her mother and. I would drink on everything, and she and I also got through some some rather serious stuff. So, and my solution to 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 everything here would be drinking. Um, and at this time, I was definitely a daily drinker, um, and it was more than two or three units. And um, and also. I, I, I guess I knew deep down that this wasn't normal. Sometimes I would be worried. I remember, you know, Googling, you know, how much can you handle and how much can, can your liver take? And I remember, you know, reading these articles and getting a bit scared, but then also, well, that doesn't happen to me. I'm young. And, but so, so I, I was, I guess I was in this inner conflict. I, I was, I, I knew I was on the wrong path, but I also, you know, in, in denial. It's not going to happen to me. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen to me. And, you know, I also began to, you know, buy, you know, very expensive beers, you know, these special brews um, and expensive wine and expensive whiskeys because you know alcoholics they buy the cheap stuff you know i'm i'm just you know a fine schmaker i'm just interested in 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 trying different <laughs> beers and so yeah lots of self self denial here um yeah but yeah i finally graduated in in 12 and i rather quickly got my first te teacher's job and um, and I, I, I love that job and, and I still do, but you know, that those drinking habits I had established during my university years, I, I took them into my working years. Um, so I guess I, I had been, you know, that, that what some people call a high functioning alcoholic, um, whatever that is, because I mean, and I, I think I heard someone on the podcast say that, or was it on the Discord, that, you know, there's, there's no such thing as being a, fun, a functioning alcoholic because you're not functioning very well when, when you're drinking. Um, but I, I, 
I did find my job. Um, I still had some period with stress and, and anxiety, but I, I pushed through and uh, I, I was good at my job and I had some some success and I had established a, a career, but I was still drinking, you know. Um, it would still be every day and around this point it was it would also be when I began to hide hide it from my wife um you know sneaking in beers to my office you know I would drive to the uh, the supermarket on my way home and put the alcohol in my in in my bag with my, with my books and my computer and so she didn't notice um, mm-hmm. So this is when, you know, yeah, things, things just continue. This is when I, I, I definitely should have stopped because now I had a working life, mm. you know. Um, and alcohol began to, you know, um, you know, be more and more present in my life. I've been thinking about alcohol constantly. Um, I've always, you know, at this point, I would always, you know, plan my life around drinking. When we were on holidays, I would, you know, constantly be thinking about when can I have my next next drink. Uh, so while we, we we had some some good holidays, you know, in Turkey and in Greece and in Hungary, but you know, looking back on it, I was always chasing uh, chasing the next drink. It would still be on my own. I, I, I have never been outgoing. I, I, I wasn't the, the kind of drunk who, who went to bars. It was it would always be this, you know, drinking on my own. And whenever we would be around people, um, I would still get, you know, the most drunk. But, you know, shame would also start to, to play a role here. So I, I, I would hide that I drank more than the others. If we would have guests guest over, I would, you know, make sure to drink a lot before they came. Mm. Um, and I would begin to, you know, I would just need to go and pick something up in the garage and then I would, you know, have a few, you know, sips of some bottle and then go back to the table pretending nothing happened. Um, so, yeah, things have really been escalating at, at this point. Um, and then I guess the years just passed, you know, obviously my, my wife began to get more and more upset, uh, upset and, and, and comment on it. And we would have the occasional, you know, discussions and fight about it um, because when confronted, I would get angry and in denial. Um, but I still somehow managed to, to push through at work. Um, but I, I, I really knew it wasn't good. And I remember, you know, telling myself every morning that today I'm not going to have anything. You know, I'm not going to have anything today. And then, you know, already at, you know, 11 p.m. I would or at noon I would think I'll have I'll have a few beers when I when I get when I get home and then I'll stop tomorrow I'll stop on Monday so all these years you know from around 2013 up until almost up until now is it's a bit of a blur you know you know one year took the other and one day took the other of me going through this endless circle of, I'm not going to have any, you know, almost daily daily relapses. During this time, are you not sleeping well and constantly going through all of that inner turmoil about waking up in the middle of the night? And, you know, Drifter always asks that, just just that, it's the horrible hamster wheel of just not being able to get off. Yeah. I slept horrible and I, I would feel hungover at work. I, I, I would always stop before I got totally smashed during, during yeah. the weekdays. I would definitely drink too much. Um, but I, 
I can definitely feel different now that I'm not drinking, but, you know, looking back, back on these years, I, I was hungover, you know, many, many days, mm. many days a week. Um, but then in, in, in 2019, my, it's, you know, it, it really started to get even worse. My, my wife got, got sick during the summer, was, was hospitalized um, over the summer of 2019. And so I, I basically spent that, that whole summer alone and I would get totally smashed every day. I couldn't handle it um, at all. I, I isolated um, myself and just drank and drank. Um, and then again, this, this, you know, this whole thing of, of me not, you know, never having learned to, to reach out and, and talk about what, what's difficult for me that, that has followed me throughout my life because I already learned from, you know, a small boy that's, you know, first of all, boys don't cry, you know, man up um, and, Feelings are not something we talk about. Um, and everything is fixed with a drink. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, my wife got um, got good again, but my drinking <laughs> didn't. Um, and then in 2020, you know, the big lockdown, um, and that's that was when you know things really, really got, you know, totally derailed. I guess that's a classic story already now, because now I didn't have to get up and and get ready to get out, you know. So, yeah, very, very easy to just, you know, excuse myself that, well, I'm not going anywhere tomorrow. I'll just, you know, need to sit by my computer. I can have, you know, another glass of wine tonight. I would drink crazy amounts of alcohol every day during during lockdown and and but this is also when you know I really started to realizing I, I had a problem and I, I did try to stop um, and my wife tried to stop me got more and more upset especially during the weekends you mm. know I would I would be asleep on the couch, you know, already at, at nine or something. And, you know, she had been really looking forward to the weekend, spending the weekend with me, um, you know, candy on the tables, candlelights on the table, um, putting a movie on and, you know, getting ready for just having a, a, a comfy time. And then I, I would be smashed and, and shit faced. Um, so I, I also think her, you know, patience with me began to, you know, she, she had enough, you know, I, she, yeah. she, she never, you know, she, she has never been close to wanting to, to end it, but, you know, she, I could see the pain. Um, so yeah, I also put put on to her with, with my drinking and so I guess you know at the end of 2020 I, I, I knew I, I had to stop and I also realized that I had been in, in self-denial you know all along of, of how how just how bad it, it really was mm. um, with my drinking so yeah um then I decided that to, trick, to take this break I talked about in the beginning, mm. this 100-day break, uh, believing that could you know, teach me how to moderate. Yeah, so, well, obviously that's, um, that didn't happen. But um, I also you know, reached out to, um, you know, it's, it's a part of the, the, what's that called in English, you know, the... Um, the medical system here in Denmark like that, you know, if you have an addiction, you know, you are, you know, allowed to get free, free help. Um, okay. 
and this is sort of a, a local treatment center. So uh, I reached out to them and I'm still in therapy there uh, every once a fortnight, once um, a few times a month, I'm talking to a psychologist. Mm. Um, and I also tried AA, but that, that wasn't really, um, that wasn't really my thing. But you know, that the therapy and uh, went well, but, but even to her, you know, I, I downplayed how, how much, how bad it was, you know. Um, I have realized so many things over, over the, the past month of, of just how much alcohol played a, a role in my life. Um, and then I found the, the community, I am sober community. So did you find that before you did your 100 days or afterwards? No, that was afterwards. Um, okay. I think I downloaded the app in the end of May this year. Okay, yeah. It, may, it just makes a huge difference to find there's other people out there exactly the same as you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, therapy is, is, is one thing, but, you know, it's, it's also, you know, they, they have a, a professional view on it and, and that's fine and, and it's good. And my, my therapist is it's amazing and she's very, very good, but she hasn't been in it herself, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a whole different thing to to have these connections of, of friendship of, and people you can reach out to. Mm. So, when when you found the app, did you have did you have lots of resets when you did did you find it a struggle to start again? Because you've got a couple of months under your belt now. Um, you did your 100 days, that, that bit in between those times, did you find that difficult? Yeah, but the period from, from my 100 days to I downloaded the app, uh, uh, it, it's one big blur. I, I drank so much, you know, during, um, during that, that period, uh, you know, that I, I drank more than ever. Yeah, you know, it was the opposite of, of moderation. So yeah. definitely, I that was that was a, a terrible time, and and when it really, really well, got, got worse than ever. So, but as soon as I, I downloaded the app, I have only had uh, one reset since I downloaded the app. So it's it's it has made such a huge difference in my life yeah. and. It really has, and I use it a lot every day. You know, it's, it's, it's also become my, you know, open journal, and and I'm just constantly overwhelmed by, you know, all the support and and love I, I get there. And so, yeah, yeah. you're you're quite a big character on the app. You, you, yeah, you <laughs> <up everywhere. laughs> yeah. I guess I am. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I was just. I was just going to say the sense of community that you suddenly land in is is pretty mind blowing at first, but it, it's it's invaluable, I think. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And I also start coming to um, the Zoom meetings, um, which also made uh, a huge difference. I mean, I I just love them. You know, they're they're so lovely uh, and down to earth. Um, I'm not going to talk bad about AA because I, I know it, it has helped so so many people and and all all respect to that. But it it wasn't for me and the, the, these meetings are, are just so so different. Um, so I'm so glad I I, I found out about these these Zoom meetings. Um, so the, the Zoom meetings are sort of just to explain they're on they're sort of run alongside the app, but they. They're arranged by people who are on the app. They're not I am sober meetings, but they are run by people who who have met on the app and have started yeah, these right. Zooms. And it's how many of us have seen each other's faces. And I think it brought a whole new level of um, realness to it for me because I'd, I'd been on the app for probably uh, about eight months when I first did a Zoom. And all of a sudden it was like, wow, all these people that I've been speaking to really oh. exist. <laughs> They're in the real world. It's, it, 
it makes it really real for you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 It's um, it's well, so so now you've got two months under your belt, and and how are you feeling? Because you just spent last week in Paris, um, and you yeah. did a little post, yeah. didn't you? It wasn't all easy. No, I had um, the last night was was difficult. I, I had huge great cravings there. Um, you know that that was just you know I I miss drinking so much that last night. You know, the whole atmosphere in 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 Paris. Uh, I just wanted to drink so badly, um, but I didn't. I reached out to the community, um, and I got some some help and support from some people were just amazing so but that was a close call and you know i also forgot to say that this time around i also got uh, prescribed interviews from my doctor right um but i was that night i didn't care you know i, I was ready to to just say fuck that how, how bad can it be i'll just i'll have one bnr what happens in paris stays in paris but i I reached out and, you know, thanks to the community, I, I, I didn't have anything. But all in all, it, it was a, so, such a good experience being in Paris. And it, it really, you know, was a, a personal milestone or a big achievement for me, you know, also seeing what sober life really can do because I was not hungover, uh, I didn't drink anything. And I was, you know, able to be, you know, fresh and aware. Um, I had to take care of a situation with with a student who was uh, in distress while we were there. And if I had been drinking, uh, that wouldn't have been good. Um, so I also, you know, I, I felt proud of myself coming home. I, I, you know, I did a good job and it was nice to be present and aware and just enjoy Paris without being hungover, without, you know, chasing the next drink, you know, just walking around. It is such a beautiful city, you know, so, you know, just being able to, you know, walk around and enjoy the surroundings without thinking, where, where can I get my next drink? When is the next bar? And... So yeah, that was that was definitely a, a good experience and and something that you know really showed me how how wonderful sober life can be. Yeah, yeah, new, new, just taking different pride in things and enjoying things, like you say, without constantly thinking when when can I drink and when is nobody going to notice that I drink and <laughs> where, where yeah. can I get a drink from? And it just frees up so much of your headspace and your, your enjoyment. Yeah, it does. So, so you're, you're two months in and it's early days, but I think I think that that's the thing with the community as well, isn't it? It's um, once I I've often said whenever I've reached out, I've I've never drunk. Whenever I've reached out and and done a post saying I felt like it, I've never ever gone and drunk afterwards. Sometimes I no. haven't I haven't posted because I didn't want anyone to talk me out of it. That that's true as well. But I think you know once you've made that decision that that's you don't want to drink. The, the community there is just enormous for, for helping. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely is. Yeah. So do you find now, are, are your moods and your depression, is it has not drinking helped with that? I, I think so. I, I have good days and I have, I have bad days. Um, um, but I think all in all, it, it's getting better with, mm. with everything. It's really an emotional roller coaster, you know. Stop, mm. stop to, to stop drinking, um, and you know I, I feel everything much more in, intensely these days. You know, when I have bad days, there, I, I, you know, sadness feels much stronger. But you know, when I'm happy, as I was in Paris, you know, that's also stronger. You know, things are just more real these days. But 
I think all in all that you know the anxiety and, and depression is is getting is is getting better um, as I move on. But I, I, I obviously I, I still have you know some some things to work on, um, and I think the big difference this time is that I have realized that you know becoming sober it's it's much more than just starting to drink. You know that you know just putting down the bottle is it's it's of course it's the most fundamental and most important thing. But you know, you know becoming sober, you know, it's it's also about so many other things that I've, I have to work on. Yeah, um, and you, your wife must be really pleased not to be. Yeah, yeah bless her. <laughs> she's she's very very proud of me, and you know, it's. Of course, my my drinking has been, you know, very very hard on our relationship. But you know, we are we're getting closer than we have been in years. Um, so that's that's also also very very good. Yeah, I think you know it, it seems simple, doesn't it? Sort of thinking, don't feed depression with a depressant. But we we get caught in this sort of cycle of feeling feeling sad, feeling depressed and thinking that drink is going to go and fix something to do with it when when actually all you're doing is, you know, speeding mm. up that hamster wheel, you know. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, is there anything else that you want to add? No, not right no. now. Maybe I will be back uh, when I have yeah. some more time under <laughs> my belt. I know. I think you're really brave doing it at two months because it, it, like you say, it is early days, but um I think it's really helpful for people to know, you know, you can come back in a few months and tell everybody that it's got a bit easier than it was at two months. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be really good. So, um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed talking to you and I hope yeah, I hope it you. gives you a little bit of strength in your journey and, um, yeah, and hopefully you come yeah. back and talk to us again. I would love to. Thanks for okay. having me. No, thank you for coming. It was that was great. And um you've been listening to Sobertown and catch up with us on the Sobertown podcast and on Podbean and oh loads, Spotify and all sorts of other mediums. So um yeah, nice to talk to you and uh we'll catch up soon, Melancholy Cat. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah.